What is up, Miami Dolphin fans? This is Aaron the Brain, and welcome to another episode of the same old Dolphin show for the second week in a row. Josh and I unable to get on the same schedule as uh, life has kind of gotten in the way, but that's not going to stop us from bringing you content and bringing you shows. I'm going to give you my own solo show today, and we will uh, reconvene and probably get a show done Sunday after the game against the Cleveland Browns, which I will be previewing here shortly. But before I do... Let's get our plugs in. You can follow me on Twitter at Aaron the Brain. You can follow Josh on Twitter at Amplified to Rock and the show at Same Old Dolphins. You can also find us on the Facebook page, the Same Old Dolphins Show. Uh, don't forget to go to dolphinstalk.com, uh, your one stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins. You can find our show there. You can find our show on Spotify, on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Stitcher, anywhere where you can get uh, your favorite podcast. Go ahead and give us a download, like, rate, review. All of your feedback is greatly appreciated, especially your positive feedback. So if you got something great to say, let us know. If you got something terrible to say, let us know. It's still it's still good to know that you're listening and we want to make this show as good as possible with all of the content that you guys want to hear. So the Dolphins crash back to earth, a disappointing game uh, against the Buffalo Bills in that for the first time in, oh, what seems like six weeks, the Dolphins were completely overmatched by their opponent. Uh, this That was a combination of a couple of things. One, they just had a bad day at the office. Two, they actually were overmatched uh, from a talent perspective. They ran into a team that was better than them, that was motivated in a big game and played well. And third... The injuries are mounting for this team, and it's a team that is already thin on talent, and the more injuries they sustain, the the less comparable to an NFL roster this team looks, but it still just underscores what an amazing job Brian Flores has done with this team to keep them competitive. Yeah, they've only won two games, but the fact that they've been playing as well as they have and that they've even won two games is kind of miraculous when you look at the talent on this roster. And nowhere are they more thin right now than in the defensive secondary, the defensive backfield, where two more guys have been added to injured reserve and are out for the year. Rashad Jones is now on injured reserve injured reserve. He is done for the year and potentially done as a Miami Dolphin. Uh, he had his issues here last year with the coaching staff. Pull, remember, he pulled himself out of that game against the Jets, was much maligned for doing so. And then there were questions about whether or not he wanted to be here in the preseason. Ultimately, Brian Flores was able to make amends with him. He ended up making the roster. He was not traded. He survived through the trade deadline. But now, finally, after dealing with nagging injuries, Rashad Jones is now uh, on the pine. He is on injured reserve and out for the year, and he will not play again this season. And with uh, 
not a lot of guaranteed money going his way next year. You wonder if he will be a cap casualty or if the Dolphins might be able to find a trade partner with him after his lack of production over the last year and a half, I'd say it's unlikely that anybody's going to want to take on his contract. So I think you're looking more along the lines of a cap casualty, but, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, my inclination is that he's probably gone. He's probably played his last game as a Miami Dolphin, and he'll be playing somewhere else for the for the remaining few years of his NFL career. And the other one that has been added to injury reserve and out for the year is Bobby McCain, who has been kind of the opposite of Rashad Jones in that this guy has been playing hurt and has been doing all of the right things, both in the locker room and out as a leader on this secondary. He's been playing since injuring himself in the preseason. And after coming off of his, he's probably his worst game of the year against Buffalo. And, and this is a guy, it's, it's important to note that he's been playing out of position, really, or, or dealing with a positional change all year long. This is a guy who uh, really made his name a couple of years ago as being one of the better slot corners in the league. And then when we drafted Minka Fitzpatrick uh, and and put Minka Fitzpatrick primarily in that role, Brian uh, Bobby McCain's job kind of changed. The Dolphins coaching staff experimented with playing him on the outside. That didn't really work. Then they kind of used him in spot duty uh, in in the slot. And this year, Brian Flores and company uh, decided, hey, let's let's put him in the single high safety look. Let's make him a free safety. And while he hasn't been great at it, he's he's played admirably, especially when you consider that he's been playing hurt all year. So uh, Bobby McCain uh, definitely a guy that you'll see back next year, and there will be a role for him no matter what that is and no matter who the Dolphins draft or sign uh, in this coming offseason. Bobby McCain will definitely be playing a role for the Dolphins going forward, just not for the rest of this season. And where does that leave the rest of this Dolphins secondary? Well, it's, it's, it's not pretty. They now have, per... Per Travis Wingfield, the Dolphins now have, of their 11 active defensive backs, 10 of them were added to the roster this year. Five of the 11 were added in season, and two more were picked up on on the September 1st league cutdown day. So suddenly, alongside Walt Aikens and Eric Rowe, the next longest tenured Dolphins defensive backs are Jamal Wiltz, Nick Needham, and Chris Lemons. This is incredible. Uh, and and uh, look, they're not gonna they're they're not gonna be world beaters. This is definitely not a strength of the team right now. And they were tested last week against Buffalo, and I'm positive that they will be tested big time against the Cleveland Browns, who will uh, be throwing. Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry, and you know Jarvis is going to be juiced up, pun intended, coming into this game against his former team. Uh, this is this is a recipe for disaster uh, because, look, we, we saw it last week with Nick Needham. Nick Needham does a great job of getting the most out of his ability, but he's just not an elite talent. And so when he goes up against uh, a guy that, is faster, quicker, 
and knows what they're doing, like a John Brown last week, it's going to be a struggle. And this week, he's going up against, I don't think he'll be shadowing anybody, but whether he's going up against Jarvis Landry or whether he's going up against Odell Beckham Jr., I'd say both of those are a step up from John Brown. So the Dolphins don't have anybody that can cover either of those guys. They're going to need pressure from the edge. And I don't know how they're going to get it. Well, while we're struggling to get pressure, the the one saving grace, the silver lining to this might be that while the Browns have a lot of talent on the outside, they don't have a very good offensive line. So it is possible that with... uh, with our kind of revamped defensive line of Jenkins, of Christian Wilkins, of Devon Godchow, with adding Andrew Van Ginkle into the fold this week, who is finally off of the uh, the PI, the PUP or the uh, IR designated to return list, whichever one it was. Andrew Van Ginkle, the Dolphins, I believe, fourth round pick uh, from Wisconsin, the linebacker, uh, a guy that. Uh, showed some showed some really positive things in the preseason, is going to be in there and likely get some substantial playing time, uh, certainly over the last six weeks of the season, but I think in this game as well. And one of the things that he is, uh, you know, that one of his strengths is to be a, a pass rusher, an, an edge rusher off, uh, you know, at the linebacker position. He can also do some things in coverage, and he's just he's just a heady player is the, the kind of things that he showed in the preseason. So it'll be interesting to see how he gets in there and how he helps the Dolphins put some pressure on, on uh, Baker Mayfield and this Cleveland Browns offense because... If they don't get pressure on Mayfield, he's going to have a field day. Uh, one other guy that might help them get some pressure, activated off of the practice squad, signed off of the practice squad, University of Miami alum, Gerald Willis. So I'm excited to see what Gerald Willis looks like in this game. So uh, there are some things to watch there on the defense, particularly in the front seven. The back the back of this defense, though, that defensive backfield, it's going to be an adventure. If we're unable to get pressure, uh, I just think Baker Mayfield's going to have a field day throwing to his weapons, whether it's whether it's Beckham, whether it's Landry, whether it's Njoku, or even Kareem Hunt out of the backfield. The Dolphins secondary is going to have their hands full. And that's without even talking about probably the best were at least the most productive player on this Cleveland Browns offense, which is Nick Chubb, who is one of three running backs in the NFL to have eclipsed the 1,000-yard mark this year in rushing. And look, they don't, they don't have much of an offensive line, but he still manages to get four, four and a half, five yards a carry. He's a stud. He's, he hits the hole hard. He's got good vision. And he is tough to bring down, and he consistently gets yards after contact. Uh, it's a tough matchup for for a beaten down Dolphins defense, but hopefully, with the additions of Van Ginkle and uh, Gerald Willis, maybe the Dolphins can do some things against a Browns offensive line that is less than impressive. On the other side of the ball, the Dolphins. Uh, are going up against the Cleveland Browns defense that 
hasn't had too much success, but if there's one thing that they do well, it's that they get off, they get after the passer. And if you saw last week, and if you've been watching at all this season, and if you're listening to this show, I'm assuming that you've been watching, the Dolphins do not do a very good job of protecting the passer. Uh, this offensive line is trash. It doesn't matter how many healthy bodies we have because none of them are any good. So it doesn't matter that we got Julian Davenport back last week because he was a disaster. So whether it's him or Jamarcus Webb on the left on on the left side, they're they don't have anybody that can block. Uh, Michael Dieter has been a dumpster fire. The right side of the offensive line has been. You know, okay at times, but as a whole, the offensive line is bad. But, on the Browns' defensive side of the ball, after the the melee that ensued between Cleveland and Pittsburgh the other night, Miles Garrett is suspended. Uh, the other defensive lineman, uh, Larry Ogunjobi, he is also suspended. And Olivier Vernon is dealing with an injury, so he's not going to be there. So, the saving grace there might be that... While the Dolphins' offensive line is obviously our weakest link, the Cleveland defensive line is extremely thin right now. So maybe that opens up some lanes in the running game. So whether it's Kalen Balazs or, as I would prefer, Patrick Laird. That's right, Patrick Laird. I'm going to get it right this week. Uh, Whether it's one of those two guys or maybe even a Miles Gaskin that gets in there, the Dolphins could potentially have some success running the football. They need to have success running the football because if they get into poor down and distance like they did against Buffalo, Cleveland will blitz. They send extra rushers uh, nearly 40% of the time, which is the fourth most in the NFL. So if we get into that position, it's going to be a really long day at the office for Ryan Fitzpatrick. I believe we're going to have some success running the football, but... It's not going to be enough. I don't think we have the firepower to keep up with Cleveland in this game because I think it's going to be a really tough day for the defense. And at some point in this game, we are probably going to have to try to turn this into a shootout uh, because I just don't believe that our defense is going to be able to contain Cleveland. But this would be a heck of a job by Brian Flores and Patrick Graham and this Dolphins defensive coaching staff and the Dolphins defensive players, most importantly, if they are able to keep Cleveland in that 20 to 24 point range and keep this game close, then, you know, there might be an opportunity for the Dolphins to sneak one out. Personally, I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Dolphins kind of hang with them a little bit, show signs that maybe it can be a shootout, but at some point in the second half, the pressure's going to get to Ryan Fitzpatrick. The Dolphins' offense is going to stall, and at some point, the Cleveland offense on the other side is just going to wear down Miami, and they're going to have their way with Miami. And I think it's going to look fairly similar to how it looked last week. Cleveland's going to put up some big points, going to put up some big numbers in this one. And I'm taking the Cleveland Browns to defeat the Miami Dolphins by a score of 38-20. to So that will put the Dolphins at 2-9 and and potentially, you know, still looking for some help to, to try to climb up the draft board. They did not get help from the Texans who won 
last night in their game against the Indianapolis Colts and have now given themselves the inside track to winning the AFC South. That's bad news for the Dolphins and that draft pick. Uh, potentially the Steelers could lose some games down here and that'll help that pick. Uh, but we'll see. It'll it'll be a week-to-week thing as far as the tankathon standings. Right now, I still feel pretty confident with the injuries that this Dolphins team is dealing with, and they seem to be mounting and piling up every single week. I only see two more winnable games on this schedule. I don't believe that we're going to win at the Jets. Uh, that's a game coming up that, uh, look, we, we got the win at home, but the Jets are playing much better now, and the game's going to be in New York. You know you're going to get uh, a motivated Jets team for that game. I just believe... I, I believe that's a loss. I think we've got two winnable games left on the schedule, and they're the games against the Bengals and the Giants. Uh, with any luck, we could we could lose both of those two games, and then if the Bengals could end up picking up a win somewhere, and the Redskins could end up picking up another win somewhere, then potentially you still got a shot at the number one pick. But one more win's probably going to put us out of that race, and... Even still, I think we're looking more likely as the third or fourth pick in the draft than the number one pick, but that still might be good enough to get to a uh, one thing I didn't touch on before uh, before I wrap this up and put a bow on it. The only other thing that I did not touch on is Mark Walton. We we talked about uh, Mark Walton on our last show. Uh, we got a question about whether we whether or not we believe Mark Walton will be. Uh, on this team after this year, and the thought was that he'll he'll be among a group of guys con- competing for a roster spot because since he's been down here, he has been productive and he's been a model citizen. And then the news broke the day after we recorded that he had been arrested uh, in an alleged uh, domestic violence uh, case. The Dolphins promptly released him bye bye mark walton i think for sure his he won't be on the dolphins again and after his run-ins with the law with duis and and drug related stuff uh from from a year ago and now this on his resume with him not being an elite talent uh i think there's a very good chance that mark walton's days in the nfl in general are numbered i hope that he gets the help that he needs to rectify uh, whatever problems he is dealing with in his personal life and so that he can get his life back on track. And then maybe once he has his life back on track, he can get his career back on track. But needless to say, he will not be part of the Miami Dolphins present or future. So with that said, for Amplified to Rock, for DolphinsTalk.com, this is at Aaron the Brain. Yes, that's right. My name is now at Aaron the Brain. You can call me Aaron the Brain for short. Thank you guys so much. Go Dolphins!